One of the most surprising romance stories that I've had the pleasure of watching this year is Last Twilight. I honestly did not anticipate to be so emotionally invested in a show that has less than eight episodes. I'm gonna give you my heartfelt plea to watch this show if you have not yet because it is gorgeous storytelling and I think it's only just gonna get better. Hi, I'm Monique. I am the host of Off My Purple Heart Podcast, where I talk to you about K-dramas, C-dramas, BTS, and whatever else I want to talk about. Today's episode, the whatever else I want to talk about, is going to be a BL that I just started watching like maybe two days ago and am completely entrenched in it. It is Last Twilight. And I'm going to tell you, I had a lot of things against this show, mainly because one of the main leads, Jimmy, who is a wonderful actor and seems like a really sweet guy who's surprisingly also a doctor. Isn't that cool that he's a doctor and then he also just like randomly picks up acting gigs just cause? I think that's really cool. Anyways, uh, he was an antagonist in my opinion in another BL that I had watched, Bad Buddy. And his character was so arrogant and so infuriating that even though I knew that actor is obviously not the character. I already was predisposed to judge him but I kept hearing chatter about you know BL's being really high quality this year in 2023 and in particular I kept hearing about Last Twilight and one thing that attracted me to it was hearing about is disability representation so I said you know what I'm gonna give it a shot even though this actor has played a character that was really snarky and arrogant infuriating and his smirk would be like a trigger for me I guess Jimmy just did a really great job in Bad Buddy even though I think he was supposed to be a protective friend but it just turned out to be an ass <laughs> in my humble opinion okay I'm rambling but anyways, I decided to give this show a shot and oh my god, I am shooketh by just how much of a huge green flag Jimmy's character Mock is here. Mock is like the gold standard for boyfriends. I don't think I've ever seen such a green flag male lead character and he is impossibly realistic while also completely of delusion and dream because there's no way that I believe a man could hit that standard but somehow Jimmy makes this character so grounded in reality I really have to take my hat off to him as far as his talent and see his uh, leading male co-star as well is doing a phenomenal job in portraying someone that is blind or at least deeply visually impaired when we first meet the characters in the first episode so let me get into a brief synopsis which is probably going to get very rampant and chaotic. We're introduced to these two characters. We have Mock and Day. Mock is uh, a badminton player and I believe almost at pro level. I believe he's at pro level. Very good, very arrogant, good looking, has a lot of friends, is super popular and we're led to believe through a major accident um, his vision uh, becomes impaired and at the time of, of me filming this, I'm still not sure if it was triggered through stress, through his badminton, or there was an MVA, because I believe the show earlier stated that there was a motor, uh, motor vehicle accident that he was involved in, that I believe started the process of deterioration of his sight, and then I'm guessing through the high level stress and high performance of him being an athlete, the vision continued to deteriorate, and then there was one incident in particular where his vision 
is massively impacted to the point where he goes into hiding and becomes a recluse. So instead of being the popular athletic guy, super arrogant and, you know, but, you know, charming in the same time, he isolates himself and becomes really bitter and resentful. We're also introduced to his mom and his brother Knight as well. And we're led to believe that him and Knight have a really tenuous, really um, aggressive type relationship. And it's kind of foreshadowed that Knight might have um, a hand in him losing his vision. And it's just coming to the point where he's getting worse and worse and is becoming more and more isolated. And his mom is kind of like at her wit's end and wants to hire a caretaker because he's getting into a lot more accidents. Um, he is spilling his food that's hot and it's causing like injury to him. And so she's like, enough's enough. We need to get you a caretaker, at least to help with your meals and things of that nature enters uh, Mock. So Mock is kind of your typical bad boy, or at least the show presents him as the bad boy in the beginning. Uh, he has a really tragic past actually. Parents are out of the picture. His sister committed suicide and uh, he has run into trouble a lot and I'm guessing it's just due to family trauma and stress and having to make ends meet. So he kind of falls into the wrong crowd and is basically um, under house arrest for a while he had like a bracelet on the ankle like the whole nines right he has like a spacer in the ears got tattoos he smokes just looks grungy you know typical bad boy and he is now trying to kind of get his life back on the straight and narrow and is taking odd jobs to make ends meet but he's not having a lot of success because of his past criminal activity so he happens to get this one job where he is uh, fixing ACs and just happens to be in a building where um, Day and his family are conducting interviews for a caretaker and he happens to stumble upon like the waiting room where a lot of potential um, clientele are there. And he kind of asks, well, what the hell's going on? What are you guys doing here? And they tell him, no, yeah, we're here for an interview. You know, this super rich, affluent family needs a caretaker for, you know, one of the sons. And he's like, bet, I need a job. So he enters the interview space after everyone else is basically kicked out. Like there's a whole montage and, you know, everyone's just being really infantilizing towards Day, kind of treating him like a science project you know, putting all of these like saccharine platitudes on him like, oh, it would be such an honor to serve someone like you and this and that and the third. And you can just see Dave becoming that much more disillusioned by it. Like he's not being treated like a human being and that disability is just one piece of who he is as a person and he just needs assistance to help with his quality of life versus being looked at as an experiment. So here comes Mock bursting in, and you can imagine how it goes. You know, Day is sarcastic, he's rolling his eyes, he's just being an ass, and Mock is really not here for the shit, right? So he gives it right back. He's like, you know what, you and your smart mouth can go to hell. I just came in here because I saw everybody else was lining up for the interview, but I don't need this shit. I'm getting out of here. <laughs> I'm paraphrasing, but that's exactly how Jimmy plays it. He's like, yeah, tell with this crap, right? 
And then of course, as soon as Mock leaves, you know, Day is like, him, <laughs> hire him, him. He's the one, he's the one I want. So the mom's like, are you kidding me? Like, you saw how disastrous that was, why? And his brother Knight is also kind of kind of flabbergasted, like why would you pick him? He, he seems like he would be the absolute worst option. But it's absolutely brilliant because it shows like right off the bat that Mock does not give one rip. Like, you're gonna be an ass, I'm gonna be an ass right back to you. He's definitely the kind of guy like who matches energies, like, you're not gonna you're not gonna play in my face and get away with it kind of thing so inevitably they meet up again and this really beautiful sequence of mock reading um little prince today kind of is like the last piece of the puzzle to say you're hired please work for me and then through the next few episodes they clash a lot and i mean a lot but it's just the little things that they do for one another. And Mock in particular always finds a way to humanize Day and treat him as an adult who is still very functional in his life, day-to-day -day life. He might need assistance in some daily activities here and there, but he just needs a friend more so than a caretaker. And that's what happens is that they first are enemies and then they're friends and that's trust begins to develop and one of the early scenes that I really enjoyed was um, you know uh, Day had lost his library card and Mock happened to find it returns it to their household that's kind of how they meet again and that's how he kind of gets a second interview and ends up landing the job um, and he presents the card and he says I had the card here come get it right and his mom and his brother day's mom and brother are used to like just automatically jumping up and doing things for day and he's like no he's an adult he can get up himself and he can come to me he's in his own home he can find his way to me I'm gonna stand right here he can hear my voice come get your library card and it's stuff like that that kind of gets them on an even playing field and gets Day to kind of trust him more and more and that's how they build their friendship off that foundation of being humanized. And the show does such a fantastic job of introducing, you know, other elements like invoking Day's sense of smell. Um, there's such a beautiful scene where jasmine flowers are growing in Day's uh, backyard and I think Mock picks one and like gives it to him to scent and he like smells that and it's like it, it attaches memories to that and you know there's things like um, his visual field while it's not completely um, gone his vision has decreased but bright colors really attract him so you know, Mark will do things like wearing like a bright pink shirt, which is completely against his style aesthetic, just so that it's easier for Day to reach him. And there's like little things like, you know, getting Mock back um, Day into watching movies. Even though he can't visually see everything, he can still hear the emotions out of the actors and things like that. And getting him to get out of his shell and leave the house and getting him back integrated into society and doing activities and... One of the things I love about this character, Mock in particular, is that 
he wants to give Dave back his independence and show him that despite that he has every right to feel as frustrated and angry as is because to have a disability like this come later in life versus something that you're born with, obviously there's going to be a huge adjustment period and how you view yourself as a human being, especially if you got your validation through being an athlete and that the sport that you are participating in requires that you actually are able to see what you're doing and performing and to have that visual impairment impede on basically your whole, your whole identity shift is so hard and this show shows you just how beautiful a quality of life that you can have despite the disabilities that your disabilities aren't defining you but you should still have a level of respect and you should still be able to view people through a lens of compassion and empathy and I feel like that's a huge theme for this show the music choices are phenomenal like I could almost cry like there's this OST that hasn't been released yet that is like within every trailer of the show and it's so gorgeous and I wish they would release the song like yesterday they still haven't done it and it's just the way the actors look at each other. They had chemistry from the very first scene that they interacted, which is a huge piece for me, right? I hear that C and Jimmy, the two actors, have actually been in prior BL projects together. I haven't watched. I'm telling you, I only saw Jimmy in Bad Buddy and I had a bad reaction to him because of that. And obviously it was ill-placed because he's incredible here. Uh, but... Their chemistry is so natural, and especially the actor C, I honestly am entirely convinced that he is blind by his portrayal. And I feel like actors who don't have that disability, typically I get really irritated when actors without that disability are cast in roles of people with disabilities. I would prefer with productions to actually cast people with those disabilities because there's actors with disabilities that want work too, right? They deserve to get paid. And I feel like the portrayal always feels off, but I will give C a lot of credit, and I'm assuming he did a lot of research into this, and that the production team and the writers have also done research in interacting with those that have problems with their visual field because he seems really natural in how he portrays it like even how he guards his body and like uses his elbow to like um, feel for objects in environments that he's not very familiar with I think is all just really accurate and realistic and the love story is so incredibly sweet and there's such an emphasis on like acts of service as well as affirmations like, it's not just Mock doing all these things, being kind, being generous, giving of his time, you know, being self-sacrificing in ways, even when Day is not attracted to him or, or into him at that point in the story, he's still someone that just wants to see him happy, and he's consistently finding ways to incorporate his other senses for him to have quality of life. But he also, like, at a drop of a hat will tell him, you know, you look really handsome. Day, do you know how handsome of a man you are? And it's just the soft way that he touches him, the body language, how they move together. It is such a masterpiece of a show. It's just like this quietly brilliant romance. And I feel like 
everyone should be watching it like if you're someone that appreciates a good romance story like I just I just I can't understand how this show isn't even bigger than what it is and I feel silly that I let like an actor's previous role kind of color my perception to stopping me from watching it sooner but it's probably a good thing because the show is still airing as I am recording this uh, it is like December 30th and Episode 8 just came out, which, oh my god, like, I'll have clips of that, like, throughout this podcast that you'll see, but it's just, it's like a dream come true of a show, and I only expect it to get better. It had better get better, okay? Because <laughs> I've just spent, like, almost 17 minutes hyping this damn show up, but it's just so good. It's probably one of the best uh, Thai BLs I've seen this year, one of the best BLs, probably one of the best love stories I've seen this year and I have a lot of contenders I, I've, I've watched a lot of romance this year a lot it's right up there so I highly implore you if you've made it all the way through this podcast and you haven't watched it and you're not thinking about giving it a chance give it a damn chance I'm telling you okay I'm telling you give it a chance at least the first eight episodes I can vouch for the rest I can vouch for the first eight it is well worth your time Anyway, I'm going to leave it at that for this podcast episode. I appreciate you so much. If you're watching via YouTube, thank you. Please share with your fellow romance lovers. And if you're listening via Spotify, I appreciate you so much as well. I hope you guys have an amazing rest of 2023. I believe this will be the last episode that I'll be posting before the new year. So till the new year, I wish you all the best. Happy watching. And yeah, let's do this in 2024. Bye.